0: This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: Anita Marks in for Dan Grosso. We've got Jacob and Chantel who are producing the show. We're going to hold down the fort for Dan while he's out. We've got a good show lined up for you. Uh, Nick Friedel, who covers all things NBA, is going to be joining us in about 25 minutes uh, to recap. Yeah, thank you. I like that. Uh, guys, first and foremost, guys, it's been a minute. Jacob Chantel, how are you guys doing? Like, I've, I've, like, sincerely, I've, like, I've missed you.
0: I'm doing pretty good. How are you doing, Anita? I'm doing
1: good. Yeah. Nice. I mean, I, I listen to the, 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 like, I haven't heard, I haven't even, I haven't even heard those voices in a while. You guys, you, 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 you know, you guys never stop in over the weekend. You know, you guys are big time now. You guys are Monday through Friday. So, um, so, you know, hopefully, hopefully, you know, I, I can, uh, I can step up to your plate. Listen,
0: right? I'm, I'm still trying to get to you. You're on TV. <laughs> you are still on radio. You know, you're you're making great bets out here. I'm trying to be like Anita. How can I win a little? I, hey,
1: listen, I am I am making great bets. Not gonna lie about it. Um, I uh, I had Denny McCarthy uh, winning the Travelers. Of course, that tournament happening just a few miles uh, north of here, and he's tied at the leader at the top of the leaderboard with Keegan Bradley. So. Uh, So winner, winner, chicken dinner. I'm playing with house money right now. Let's try to help the folks win some money as we're getting closer to, of course, first pitch for the Yankees and the Rangers, Mets and Phillies as well. I'm going to get to that in just a second. I just want to break down the show for you. Again, Jacob, Chantel, and I are here with you for the next three hours. Nick Fridell is going to join us at 730. We'll talk some NBA as the NBA draft happened last night. And was it uh history in the making? Are we at some point in time gonna look back and say, hey, I remember when? Did you get that feel last night when Wimby uh was drafted by the Spurs and, and there's just the plethora of love and excitement um surrounding him is like is it's it's un like I don't I don't think th- I don't think I've ever witnessed a player being drafted, and and I think you could argue LeBron James. Okay, okay, that's fair. But it hasn't been since LeBron James that a player is being drafted in any sport that comes in with this type of can't-miss analysis. Right? Like... I I just, I think it's, and I'd love to hear, you know, your opinion on this and we'll open up the phone lines. 800-919-3776. I just, is it too much? Is it like, I don't, and and, and I'm, I, I am going to share some, uh, not that I'm a negative Nelly because I'm not in life. I am not, I am glass half full. I am, I am missed, you know, positive over here. I, I, I don't like to be a neg- negative Nelly, but I feel like we need to have that conversation because everything and anything that we've been hearing about women. Yamas has been uh, nothing. Everything has been so pot. Like this guy's got to go to San Antonio and like, you know, rule the world and take over the NBA and uh, potentially be the best player ever to, you know, step foot on the planet. And yeah. And uh, listen, here's another thing. If you watch the NBA draft last night, yeah, how can you not fall in love with this, this young man? him and his family his mother a, a basketball coach and and i did i i obviously in working with daily wager and in wagering on the nba draft i had to do a deep dive and 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 i enjoyed every minute of it it's it's what i do for a living and i love what i do uh but i've got some interesting information to share with you in regard to wimby and and um, and and there is there are some negatives out there, but it just it's, it's wild to me. Nobody's talking about. It. And the big negative is uh, typically guys in the NBA that are seven feet or more uh, are injury prone. So how is the Wimby uh, team? Because he's got a team. Oh boy, wait till I share some of the stuff with you. Uh, he's got a team of people who've been working with him since he was 15 years old. Uh, to avoid the the injuries that we see uh, let's so, and a human being that's over seven feet tall it's just you know it's it's not the norm right we're we're not typically the majority of us you know we don't grow to be seven feet tall so those who do you know our, our bodies their their bodies are different and there's things that they need to do to make sure that they avoid injury so I've got some pretty interesting nuggets to share with you. But again, I just feel like it's we we, we all we've been hearing is is all the positive things. And, and I, I think the expectations for this young man are, are just astronomical. So uh, we're, we're going to get to that with with Nick Ferdell. We'll recap the NBA draft. Also, I, I do. Nick has his finger on the pulse of both the Knicks and the Nets better than most. So we'll dive into what we can expect from these two clubs. As uh, as summer approaches, I know it doesn't feel like it outside. I don't know about you. I'm still wearing long sleeve shirts. What's that about? Uh, we're towards the end of June. I don't quite understand, but nonetheless, um, as we get closer to the summer, we know just how insane it is as we get closer to uh, the NBA free agency and the type of money that's going to be thrown around and how different uh, this season is going to be in regard to free agency and in teams spending uh, the type of money that we've seen in the past because of the uh the hit that they're going to take, so uh, a lot to get into with Nick Fidelll I'm really excited to get him on the show i've got a lot of questions, and hopefully uh once we speak to him, we will all be a little bit wiser also Rob Dibble, former major league baseball player, is going to join me on the show he does uh he hosts his own radio show on ESPN up in Connecticut. He is at the Travelers. So excited to get him on to talk about the Travelers as well as the Yankees and the Mets. So as we know, they are in business tonight. They start a three-game series. The Mets, they are in Philly. And also keep in mind, uh, weather conditions, as we know, yesterday, today, throughout the weekend, which is unfortunate because it's Pride weekend here in New York. So hopefully Sunday the rain will stay away. It doesn't look like it. Uh, But apparently rain is heading to Philadelphia. So not sure if this game is going to totally be played. They'll be lucky from everything that I'm reading. I'm seeing that they'll get out of the fifth inning. Um, But you've got Walker uh, on the bump for the Phillies. And um, and so we'll see how how far they can go. Uh, The Mets and the Phillies, top of the first, no score right now. As for the Yankees, uh, they are getting ready to take on the Rangers, and that is top of the first as well. Schmidt is on the bump for the Yankees. He's 2-7 and at home. He's lost five straight. Why? Yankees bats have not been working for him. Uh, It's been unfortunate. In his starts, the Yankees have not been able to produce more than two runs. It's two runs or less. Uh, so he just has not had the run support whenever he is, uh, is pitching for the Yankees. Um, meanwhile, for the Texas Rangers, as we know, they have one of the most potent offenses in major league baseball, scoring the most runs per game in major league baseball. So, uh, he definitely has his work cut out for him. They're coming off of a, a series against the White Sox where they took two of three. Meanwhile, for the Yankees, they've lost four, five of their last seven. And as we know, just recently swept by the Red Sox. Uh, Really, the big storyline here tonight that I'm going to be keeping an eye on, as we know, no Aaron Judge. So other guys in this lineup for the Yankees are going to have to step up. And unfortunately, Stanton has not been able to do that. Uh, He's been really streaky. In fact, his last four games, uh, he's uh, he's sporting a a batting average of .073. Yes, you heard that correctly. Uh, he has in his last four games, he has three hits, sixteen strikeouts, and forty-six plate appearances. So, uh, a, a, not not great. Uh, and, and so, his last four games, he's sporting a one nine o ERA. Sorry, a one nine o ERA. And against right-handed pitchers, he's sporting a one seven seven. So, you've got Dane Dunning, who is uh, pitching for the Rangers tonight. He's got a two seven six ERA. And it um, and is quite good. So we'll see what happens here. We are with you throughout both these games. So throughout the next three hours, I'll keep you posted on the scores and the stats and all of that. But uh, I'm, I'm really intrigued. What can Stanton step up? Can any anybody in this Yankees lineup step up and start producing for Schmidt uh, so that he can at least in better his home record at Yankee Stadium and bring it to three and seven as opposed to two and eight. So we'll see what happens there. But Rob Dibble will join us on the program. We'll talk some Major League Baseball, big picture as well as small picture. What's going on here in our own backyard with the Yankees and the Mets? And as we get closer, of course, to uh, to the All Star break and in uh, the trade deadline, we'll be here before we know it. Also, we'll hear from P.J. Carlissimo talking about the NBA draft. And Mike Clay is going to stop on board. Uh, n- never. A dull time or never an inappropriate time, I should say, to talk about the NFL. I always feel like, you know, we had Father's Day that just passed. And I feel like Father's Day is that point for me where once Father's Day happens, it's like fast forward before we know it. Training camps open up. Rookies are, uh, are reporting. And then August is here. We've got the, the preseason games that really don't matter much. At least to me, they don't. Um, and then before we know it, we have that first Thursday night game. So, uh, so Mike Clay is going to jump on board. We'll talk some NFL. I'm sure. Yang, I'm, I'm sure uh, Giants fans eager to solidify this deal. Hopefully, it happens between the Giants and uh, and Saquon Barkley to make sure that he's going to be there at the start of camp. Uh, I, I think with the moves that the Giants have made this season, I think they're in a really, really good position to make some noise this year. But I think Saquon Barkley is going to be a big key to that. And of course, there's so much excitement for Jets fans with Aaron Rodgers being here, plethora of weapons to work with on the offense, and uh, and we'll see if the defense. I think that the defense can stay as healthy as they did last season. Uh, I think that they could still remain top five in the nfl so we'll dive into all of that we'll open up the phone lines it's been a hot minute since i've been on with you uh in the seven to ten hours so i'm thrilled to be here tonight in for dan Grassa. anita marks 800-919-3776 we'll take your calls next here on 98.7 espn
0: this is the dan grasa show on 98.7 espn
1: Must be 21 plus and present in present and select states. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 GAMBLER. Terms and
0: conditions apply. See app for details.
1: Uh, get this, and again, we got Jacob and Chantel who are producing the show eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. So, again, as you know, my uh, my wheelhouse is gambling. Uh, it was it was such a lock that Wimby was going to go to the Spurs. Are you ready for this? Like death taxes in Wimby going to the Spurs he was favored 20,000 to one. So just to give you an idea of what that means, for every million dollars that you wanted to wager that Wimby was going to be selected number one overall to the Spurs, you would receive $5,000 back. For every million that you put down, you'd get five back. 5,000. For every 10 million that you would put down, you'd get 50000 back. For every $100 million that you would put down, you'd get 500000 back. That's how much of a lock this dude was to go to the Spurs. And for all the reasons that we've heard, right? Like generational talent, size, 7'5", 7'6", in sneakers. Uh, never in the history of the NBA have we ever seen a man of, of this stature, of this size, of this height, play like a wing man, a wing guy, uh, more of a, a shooting guard or a small forward. So he's got the body of one of the most, you know, a, a, an unbelievable center in the NBA, but can play like a small forward athletically. We, we've, we've never seen that before. We don't really know what to expect at the end of the day, and at the end of the career, uh, whatever, what, whenever that will be. So so there's that. And this is what we've heard. And and, and this is why I'm, I'm really excited we have Nick Fordell who's going to be joining us in about five minutes in our next segment. And uh, we'll recap, and I want to get his thoughts on the NBA draft and, and also uh, look forward to what's to come this summer for the Knicks and the Nets. But... Six five, and two thirty. Now I, I did some research here and and some really great articles on ESPN.com dot com in in regard to to Wimby. Well, before I get there, I, I'm just curious. And Jacob and Chantel, did you guys watch the NBA draft last night? I'm just curious. Did you watch? Did you tune into it?
0: Oh no, I did kind of at the gym. It was on. <laughs>
1: Wow. I, okay, uh, Jacob. Why? Oh no. Why? Oh no.
0: Because after like the top five, I had well, honestly, I had no cares about it because I knew Wemby was going first. I knew Scoot was somewhere in the top three, and also Brandon Miller was going to be there. Mm-hmm. Plus the Thompson twins. I was a big fan of them, but right. I mean, this this draft is not that deep, and I mean, it wasn't that interesting to me. I had so, better and, things to do.
1: But so, but but but, but this is where I am going with this is like the the way that the analyst pumped up Wimby d- did you guys not feel like ooh i better tune into this this is history in the making like i'll be able to tell my children or my grandchildren i was watching when Wimby was drafted by the spurs like 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 i i felt like i felt like it 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 was it was being broadcast as like that one shining moment did, yeah. did you not did you not Chantel, did you not get that feeling? Like, ooh, I better just tune into this, especially at the start of it, because this really is history in the making if this young man is going to turn out to be ever, all that and a bag of chips.
0: I did have that feeling. So it was a very coincidental that it was on while I was at the gym. So I just kind of got lucky, but I did have that feeling, yes.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious if anybody just tuned, did you, and, and I'm sure a lot of people here in New York didn't tune in, especially Knicks fans because they didn't have a draft pick. Thank you very much, Dallas Mavericks. Um, but nonetheless, um, just if you were an NBA enthusiast and in, in everything that you've heard about this young man, again, seven, five, seven, six with his sneakers on two thirty. 30. Um, now here's something really, really interesting. I did some research here. So dudes that are seven feet or taller that have played in the NBA typically are injury-prone. Greg Oden, if you recall, only played 105 games, three seasons in the NBA, done. Yao Ming, eight seasons, often injured. Now, both of them different, a lot more girth than uh, Wimby has right now. There's no denying that. But look at guys that are pretty tall right now in the NBA: KP, Zion, AD, dealing with some injuries. So this is the, there's a great article. What were you gonna say?
0: Chet Holmgren.
1: There you go. There who, you go. Was,
0: who
1: who by who was, by the way is eligible for Rookie of the Year this year?
0: Listen, did who, you know that? Who are you picking between him and um, Wemby for Rookie? Of the I'm year.
1: not. I like Scoot Henderson. I I think Charlotte's gonna. Forever in a day, regret not drafting him at two. I can't believe that they passed up on Scoot Henderson. That's my two cents. But nonetheless, um, this is really interesting. Since Wimby was 15 years old, he's had a village around him. He has a chef to monitor his food intake. He has to eat five times a day. His sleeping pattern. He is a sleeping coach. His sleeping coach wants him to sleep eleven hours a day. There's twenty-four hours in the day. His sleeping coach wants him to sleep eleven. Um, they're satisfied at ten. They're not happy at eight. I don't know about you guys. Like I can't sleep more than five, six hours. I feel like my day's blown.
0: Oh no. If I sleep I can sleep. If I Oh yeah, I, if I can I, sleep.
1: I can't. I can't. I really and, and if I sleep, if I sleep like more than six hours. I'm like I'm I'm lethargic. I'm sluggish. I can't. It's like I I've overslept. But like, he is a sleep. He is a sleeping coach. Listen, my, and
0: s- my sleeping coach would be happy if that was the case.
1: <laughs> Do you sleep 11 hours a day?
0: I mean, I'm not sleeping 11 hours a day. But I'm a guy like I'll I'll sleep like six hours. But then I'll take like an hour nap, like here and there, if I get the chance to. Don't give me the chance. Don't even give me here- the option.
1: Here's what I don't understand. How are you eating five times a day if you're sleeping 11 hours a day? How does that work? I'm barely eating three times a day, and I'm only sleeping five hours a night.
0: I'm sure you're not eating every two hours. He's probably eating every two hours.
1: Well, you're, aren't you mathematically inclined? Um, <laughs> he, he stretches like five times a day. Um, the goal is that for him to gain weight, but not too fast because his body is still growing. So they're trying to, I I guess this is like a science scientific way of like, um, since he was age 15, having his body develop in a certain way. And all this is to avoid injury. All of this is to avoid injury. It's wild. And then now he's going to the Spurs where Popovich really was the creator of load management and believes in load, load management. I guess my question is, how much of Wimby do you think we're going to see this season? I be. mean, granted, I know it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. But, damn. Um, here's another thing. Uh, the team that he played in Europe, the ASVEL, ASVEL I hope I'm pronouncing that. Uh, he played 33 of 70, 76 games his last season with them in 2020 he had a fibula injury in 2021 he broke his finger and he also had a shoulder contusion in 2002 he had a back injury so he has dealt with some injuries before I just share this just to say um you know I, I don't <laughs> I, I I I think um there's no denying what he's going to be able to bring to the table, but, but there are some concerns here and I just feel like not enough people are talking about it, but we are going to have Nick for on the show coming up next. Uh, we'll, we'll get his thoughts on, uh, on Wimby going to the Spurs and more importantly, uh, Nick for talking about, uh, what we can expect the summer that will be for both the Knicks and the Nets. We'll continue to take your calls. You want to jump in. I'm curious your thoughts on Wimby going to the Spurs, your thoughts On the NBA draft, your thoughts on what you would like the Knicks or the Nets to do this summer. 800-919-3776. Anita Markson for Dan Grossa tonight right here on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This is the Dan Grossa Show on 98.7 ESPN.
1: That's the steal of the draft. Henderson falling to... uh, to uh to portland there at three and the charlotte hornets passing up on him and taking uh miller without further ado let's bring in nick Friedell, who covers the nba as a finger on the pulse of the league especially here in new york with the knicks and brooklyn with uh, the nets as well nick great to have you on this evening how are you
2: And it's always good to be with you all
1: right let's uh, let's recap so many things so many things i want to i want to talk to you about it's been a minute uh, but, Wimby, going to the Spurs, everybody, like, the next coming, like, Jesus Jesus on a basketball court. Um, uh, your, your thoughts on what many can expect from Wimby this season with the Spurs?
2: Anita, I always defer back to my friend Brian Windhorst, who went over to Paris, saw him a couple times, and he says that early on Wimby can be a difference maker on the defensive end. And he thinks over time the offense will grow and he will be even more dominant than what he showed at times early in his career right now. But defensively, he can be a guy that we can look at very quickly and go, oh, yeah, (laughs) he's going to be really good for a while. I know the – topic of our conversation for so many years has always been on the betting front though and and as I've listened to people who came into town for the draft and uh, being around the last couple days I would put my money on somebody else Uh, the field uh, would be the answer but you know maybe scoot somebody else as the rookie of the year this year just because in San Antonio, that team is really bad. <laughs> I don't think they're going to make the kind of turnaround they need in year one. And, and who's uh, to say that they won't be tanking again at the end of the season. So I I think that Webanyama is going to be as good as a lot of people think he will be over time. I just don't know this season if we are going to see the results that the hype would suggest.
1: Yeah, I hear you. I said it on Daily Wager. Um, You know, I think with the load management, the fact that I think with Wimby, it's a marathon, not a sprint when it comes to the Spurs. He's still growing. There's an excellent article out. I shared it with our listeners just a second ago in regard to uh, the village that has been around him since he was 15 in regard to his food intake. And, you know, he eats five times a day. They want him sleeping 11 hours a day, which is insane to me. All the stretching that he does and, and just avoiding uh the injuries that we see the majority of athletes and players who are 7 feet or above have on a scale of 1 to 10 10 being the most concerned because we we haven't nobody's really talking about that when it comes to him nick everybody's just like oh you know he's in the next coming and he's going to be better than uh, anyone who's ever played and 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 it's made it very exciting but you know history with greg oden and yao ming and kp and zion and ad typically big guys uh whose bodies are a little different than most typically get injured any concern there for you
2: i would be at about a six uh, I, I think it is going to be very difficult for webin at the size he's at to avoid uh, injury everybody yeah. gets injured in the nba and it is part of the job. It is part of the risk that you take when you sign an NBA contract. There is not one guy I've covered in all these years who had not dealt with something, and you just hope it's not that severe whenever it rolls around, but for somebody who's 7'5", who's got really long legs, who isn't used to playing an 82-game season and all the minutes that come with that, yeah, I'd be lying to you if I told you that as I watched all these highlights like the rest of the world, I wasn't wondering how his body would hold up against bigger, stronger players night after night.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Again, Nick Fridell joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. All right, let's talk about some of the trades that went down prior to the draft, right? And CP3, Chris Paul going to the Warriors. uh, They ship out Jordan Poole. I, I see this as a money play. Um, where you take some money off the books and now you can really offer Draymond Green something substantial because I just don't think this Golden State Warriors team uh, will do much without Draymond Green coming back. And then you've got Chris Paul coming off the bench as the sixth guy uh, relieving Steph Curry whenever he needs to take a break. Now that Golden State Warriors team piques my interest. What say you?
2: I don't think Chris Paul is that much of a difference maker anymore. He's a Hall of Famer. He is one of the best point guards that we've seen. But, Anita, as I watched him in Phoenix at times last season, there are moments that he still looks like a really good player. There are other moments where you just don't even notice him that much on the floor. So I would caution anybody who looks at that deal and goes, oh, well, Chris Paul, okay, he can come in and, and really help them. I don't think they are a Chris Paul away from being back in the title conversation again. That move was to get off of Jordan Poole's contract, period. And uh, it is a a serious fall from grace that in six, seven months, the Warriors who Poole helped get them to that last bonus title, (laughs) and they give them all the money after that punch by Draymond, say, hey, we want out so bad that we're going to add a guy that we couldn't Stand for all those years especially during his time with the Clippers and the Rockets so uh, I I don't believe in Paul as that kind of player anymore I think there are going to be moments in the regular season where you watch and you go okay he's still in there and and he can click well in the framework of a veteran team that wants to win but I am not buying Chris Paul as a a catalyst for a, a group that's going to get them across the finish
1: line interesting all right let's talk about kp Kristaps Porzingis going to the boston celtics uh but they lose marcus smart marcus smart goes to memphis i am more excited about marcus smart in memphis especially since john morant is going to be suspended 25 games and they lose tyus jones uh i think marcus smart in, in that veteran leadership and going there and and really taking over a team that is very young and immature off the court. We know the stories. I'm more excited about that than KP, talking about a big guy who hasn't been able to stay healthy. He's only played in 58% of the games in his career in the NBA. Rob Williams, only 54. Now you add him to the mix with Rob Will and Horford, who's gonna who, who just turned 37. So I'm more excited about smart going to Memphis than I am KP going to to Boston. What say you, Nick Friedle?
2: I agree with that, and Anita, Marcus Smart is the adult in the room that Memphis so desperately needs. Mm
1: -hmm. That's
2: why they they made the move to make it happen, because Smart was such a solid presence for the Celtics and some of those younger players over time. It makes total sense for Memphis. If you're Boston, you are swinging, and the, the ceiling is there, If Porzingis stays healthy, if offensively he can be the kind of difference-making player that we've seen at times, sure, it makes sense. But when have you seen Porzingis not only play in big games and deliver, but be able to stay on the floor when it matters the most? I, I, I like the fit on paper for Boston. More than I think I'm going to in reality, and in large part, it's just because I just don't trust Porzingis to be able to make it through at that high of a level that late in the season the way they're going to need him. So I was really surprised they moved Marcus Smart. I, I know that they felt like they needed some kind of change after bowing out to the Heat, but I did not expect that one to happen.
1: Last but not least, um, Bradley Beal going to the Suns. Now it's him, it's Devin Booker, it's, it's KD. But and curious, your thoughts, is it still Aiton? Do you feel that Aiton is still going to be moved or is he going to be part of that big three slash now become the big four? And they're supporting cast. I've got a huge concern there. Your thoughts on Beal going to the Suns. How good do you think they're going to be next year?
2: Anita, they're going to win a lot of regular season games, but I don't think they're going to win a title. And if you're the Suns, I really like Bradley Beal, and, and you know how much I respect Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker's a hell of a player who's also going to the Hall of Fame. Cool. You need depth to win titles. You can move Aiton, but everybody keeps saying, well, I, I, keep, I, I keep saying everybody. It's our friend Max Kellerman. He keeps saying, oh, you can get two or three pieces. Two or three rotation pieces for DeAndre Aiden. Okay, I'll believe that when I see it with the contract uh, that Aiden signed a year ago. But on top of that, let's say you do get a piece or two for Aiden. That's still not enough. <laughs> I mean, we're we're sitting here talking about three really great players and basically nothing else. Uh, That is not the way championship teams are built these days. We've seen it far too often. So I like Beal. He will fit alongside Booker and Durant. I do not like Phoenix to win, though, because you need your stars to stay healthy for long stretches into the postseason. And everybody needs to take a deep breath when Phoenix starts rattling off a bunch of regular season wins. Who cares? It's about the title. And it's about keeping those guys healthy going into May and June. I just don't believe it can happen because they don't have enough depth and they're going to need it.
1: Okay. Uh, Nick, I know we only have you for a few more minutes and I want to turn our attention to what's going on here in our own backyard. Let's start with the Knicks. As we know, as we get closer to um, free agency, the summer, uh, not only is it hot <laughs> temperature wise, but boy, does it heat up in regard to some of the big names out there and and, and, and whatnot. What should and could Knicks fans, uh, Knicks fans, what can they expect? Is do do you feel that the possibility of a big name player like a Luca, like a Giannis, uh, like an Embiid, uh, could potentially land here in New York in 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 play at the Garden this season, Nick?
2: No. <laughs> no, okay. I, don't. <laughs> I do hey. not think that will be happening. That would that would really surprise me. I think it could happen a summer from now, uh, and let's see what happens with Embiid in Philly this season. That was seems to be the name that everybody's kind of keeping an eye on. But no, uh, any kind of star coming to the Knicks right now, I, I don't see it. And I would expect that team to look a lot like the team that finished off the year losing to Miami in the second round.
1: Um, so 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 what, what can Knicks fans expect, right? Like there's some reports out there that some of the players not seeing eye-to-eye with Tibbs. And what, what changes do you expect for the Knicks this offseason?
2: I don't really. And, and that's kind of the scary part for where the Knicks are at. And, Anita, I've seen this story with Tibbs. I mean, Tibbs is a hell of a coach. He squeezes everything out of a roster that you can get. But we've seen it over and over. <laughs> we saw it in Chicago. We saw it faster in Minnesota. I don't think guys just flat don't respect him or, or he loses the team, as as some people like to say. But I think that the, the message – just grows older faster as the years go on so now we're going into tibbs year four here in new york and the the guys that are loyal to him notably a guy like randall and brunson after his first year they always seem to stay loyal to him but after a while you just find somebody that we're all not thinking of or somebody else becomes available later. Just Don't see that piece materializing this summer. So the question becomes, okay, well, what do you do if you're Leon Rose and and that group? And and the reality is they've got to do what they did last summer, which is be patient and just hope that that next disgruntled star feels like New York is the place. And if you're Tibbs, you just got to kind of working your team and and hope that you can take another step. But what I would say in watching that team, especially against Miami, is I don't know how much more you can get out of this roster. I I think Brunson can get a little better. Randall played awesome before his injury going into the postseason, but he kind of disappeared again in the playoffs. I, I just think that the Knicks are going to be a lot like the Knicks
1: of last season. Interesting. And last but not least, what about the Nets? Uh, they've got uh, really a, a, a lot of very, um, I, I, I I like their base. I like their core. Obviously uh, they they need to make some moves, but you know, you know, they've, they've got a lot of draft capital. They've, they, they drafted two players uh, last night in the first round. Um, and, and they got a plethora of talent, obviously, from from the Phoenix Suns and the trades that they have made with Harden and KD and, and, and whatnot. So, uh, you know, what, what are your expectations for the Nets this summer?
2: The Nets need what they don't have. <laughs> what they were fighting for for all those years. That the Nets have a, a strong base. And, I Anita, mean, I'm with you. I like the way it's being built. Mikhail Bridges is beloved in there. Mm-hmm. Cam Johnson, I think they will find a way to continue that relationship for a few more years into the future. Two really solid pieces. But you and I both know the reality of the NBA. You need stars in order to win. You need a lot of different stuff. I mean, i sitting here saying we need stars to win in the NBA, and Phoenix says, all right, we got three stars. What's well, not just stars? <laughs> you, you need Uh, A whole bunch of different things. But uh, I think the key for Brooklyn is the same key that there is for uh, the Knicks right now. Be patient. And the reality for both those teams is they need a superstar to appear, and they have the draft capital and the assets to make a deal happen. The Nets can be good. They can improve. They can continue building their culture but they're not going to do anything of relevance until they get a real star in place. And I like Bridges a lot. I just don't think he's the number one face of a team type star. So if you're Brooklyn, you got to hope that your draft picks develop, and you got to hope that when the time comes and that next star wants out somewhere else, that you're ready to pounce. They need to do, frankly, exactly what they did a few years ago with Kevin and Kyrie. It just didn't work. But uh, the Nets aren't good enough right now uh, as they're constructed, even if we all acknowledge that the, the pieces are pretty solid, to do anything that means uh, that they're going to shoot up the East anytime soon.
1: Great stuff as always, Nick. Always appreciate you, my friend. Uh, have a fantastic weekend.
2: You got it, to Talk to you soon.
1: All right, a lot to digest, a lot to unpack. 800 uh, We get back, we'll take your calls. Uh, let's, let's, let's end this hour strong, talking all things NBA. As, uh, our second hour, we have Rod Dibble, who's going to join us, bring you up to speed on some of those Major League Baseball scores with the Mets and the Yankees. I'll give you some of my picks and my plays heading into tonight's matchups as well. So still a lot more coming your way. Anita Marks in for Dan Grasa here on 98.7 ESPN. Thanks, hey,
2: Dan. You are excellent. Oh, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Sorry. So what I was going to say was I, I, I get this with fans and media like year after year, and they see kind of the same players, but they kind of discount the youth on the team. He didn't bring up R.J. Barrett, who's still very young, but he's played for like three years, so people are like, R.J. Barrett's R.J. Barrett. But he's not. He's just entering his prime. So if Barrett can improve, he's three-time Josh Hart, maybe get a three-point shooter, I think the Knicks are right there in the East.
1: Yeah, I, I think you know, and Eric, thank you for your your, your compliment, and, and thank you for calling into the show. Really appreciate it. Um, uh, you know, I I want to see Josh Hart get re-signed. I I think you know he was such a big key. If you look statistically, what he was able to do and what he was able to bring when that trade went down, and of course that video went viral. Um, as soon as Jalen Brunson had found out, I, I think he found out on social media or he was doing some kind of an appearance or something, and, and somebody had told him, Oh my gosh, Josh Hart's coming to the Knicks. And he got really excited, obviously, his teammate in college. Uh, but, you know, numbers don't lie in regard to what Josh Hart was able to do, especially in the postseason. Now, I'm not making excuses. I don't, I tell people, I own dogs. I don't own children. I don't know what it's like to be uh, a, a parent, especially uh, w- one with twins that were born, and uh, just not the most uh, convenient time that they were born uh, in in the postseason, and and, and we saw his numbers take a dip. And again, I'm not not making excuses for him, but we're only human, and um, from what I understand, this was uh, his his first uh, go at, at fatherhood, and they were twin boys, if I remember correctly, and so I'm sure that was really, really hard for him to juggle that And the Knicks being in the postseason, so uh, I just I want to take that last series against the Miami Heat and just kind of shelf that for a second. Uh, Gotta love what Josh Hart was able to bring to the table, and and I think he's going to be a really big key and and a necessity for sure to uh, to bring back Jack in Manhattan. I see you. Hang tight. We get back. Let's switch gears. Uh, We we will start talking some uh, some Major League Baseball. I'll get you up to speed on uh, the scores right now with the Mets and the Yankees. I'll give you some statistics as well. Jack wants to talk about why the Yankees aren't making changes. Uh, Didn't Steinbrenner come out and say, I don't understand why are, right guys? Uh, Didn't didn't Steinbrenner come out like, was it earlier this week or or at the end of last week? And was was just like, why are Yankee fans upset? I don't get it. (laughs) Do you guys, do you guys, do you have that soundbite? Do you guys have that clip? Oh
0: yeah, we have it. Hold on.
1: Why I don't understand why are Yankee fans are upset? What are they? Why are there panties in a bunch? What uh, I don't get it. Anyway, um, let's do this. I'll, I'll give you I'll give you the break to find it. We'll play that clip when we get back. And Jack, I promise you will be first up. Also, we're going to hear from P.J. Carlissimo coming up in this next hour as well. The man who knows uh, the San Antonio Spurs better than most because he was part of their coaching staff with Popovich. So uh, so all of that coming your way this next hour. Rob Dibble, a uh, former baseball player, uh, is going to join us as well. He's got his own radio show on ESPN in Connecticut. And so uh, we'll talk some baseball with him, Mets, Yankees, and Big Picture next here on 98.7 ESPN.